0: And welcome back to the Stories of Wonder podcast Where we let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story My name's Steph I'm Jodie And I'm Iris Today we had the privilege of interviewing Kim And she shared a bit of her story about a recent trip to Uganda Which was really awesome to hear mm. It was such an amazing interview mm-hmm. I um, really enjoyed listening to it as well Kim is just so good at podcasting I know, she was mm. such was a She so natural um, and I did actually really appreciate just hearing the bigger picture of a heart for Uganda, um, how God has kind of grown that heart and then used her gifts to be able to really bless people over yeah. there. Yeah. And I loved that she spoke to the fact that um, God uses is, and is a provider in the everyday things, whether it be not having a headache or getting somewhere on time. God showed up in those ways. And that was so encouraging to hear and just, yeah, really yeah it was a blessing to me to hear mm. and you'll hear more in
1: in the interview with her of of the practicals that she had over there with the ugandans and how they trust in the lord and verse like here in australia we can get so distracted so easily about seeking the lord in every single moment um so i was really encouraged as well by her story and yeah really i'm really excited for you guys to hear um kim's story so let's get underway welcome to the Stories of Wonder podcast. It's a privilege to chat to you today. Um, We thought we'd just start off by asking you a bit about your life. Tell us about your career.
2: Um, What are you up to? Sure. Um, So I, my name is Kim. I've been coming to Bridgman Baptist for, I like to say, um, part-time about 20 years, full-time about 10. um, And um, I'm a banker by trade, that's my job, and I also serve in a bunch of different ways here at Bridgie, um, like leading Cell Connect Group worship team, and I'm also um, part of the Bridge Care Board. So, mm. got a pretty busy schedule. Yeah, yeah
0: for sure. And recently, you were just um went to a trip to Uganda which is super exciting do you want to share a bit more about that and and even maybe where your love for Uganda began
2: yeah sure so yeah I literally um came back about a week and a half ago and um it was a really exciting trip um because um yeah it was like three years in the planning due to a pandemic pause I um it took a little bit longer than I'd hoped but to be able to get over there, but it was just wonderful to be there. Um, but how did my love for Uganda start? Well, um, the organisation that I work with in Uganda is called Watoto, and some of you may have heard of them. Uh, they, um, pre-pandemic, used to send out um, children's choirs, and they've actually been coming to Australia for many, many years now, and that's actually how I first got involved with Watoto. Um, I remember it was, would have been probably close to 10 years ago now, um, mom invited me to come to church cause there was an African children's choir singing mm. and, um, I came and I was really impacted. It was really awesome because I love music and all yeah. those things yeah. and children. I love those too. So it was just like really great. And then the next time they came, I, um, volunteered to host, um, a group in my house, which yeah. was awesome. And, um, through that, I must've got on some kind of mailing list with Watoto because, uh, in 2018 I got an email saying, hey, we're looking to put together a team to go over and serve at Toto looking after the babies in the baby's home. And I was like, I love to travel. I've travelled my whole life. And I was like, yes, I, that sounds like Sign a lot of fun. Up. So I signed up and um, got put with the team and went over in 2018. And it was... My first proper mission trip, I'd say, and um, it was just a really phenomenal experience. Mm. I was working in the baby's home for a bit and then I also was with another team of people. So we went and um, built a house in one of the villages up north in Lamanadera, in Nigulu. Mm. Um, so that was really fun and um, something I've never done before. Mm. And every time I see that house when I go to Lemmy and I'm like, I built that. Yeah, you're like, me? <laughs> <laughs> um, It's particularly important because I'm pretty useless at stuff like that because I've got an amazing dad who does all that for <laughs> me. So when I get to build the house, I'm like, look, dad, I did yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then the next year, um, uh, one of my family members, my cousin's um, daughter came to me. She was in year 12 and she's like, oh, I want to do something other than go on the ski trip. Do you reckon you could take me to Watoto? I'm like, yes. So we joined another global team and my mum actually came as well and we did more time with the babies and um, it was just lovely to be back there. And I definitely, when I'm in Uganda, I feel a certain way when I'm there. Um, And then because I had organised that trip, I was working quite close with the Australia office. Mm -hmm. When the choir was out in 2019, they also asked me to give them some help. So I spent quite a few weeks with the choir just, you know, helping them do logistics, running around, doing bits. So I got to know the team really, really well. Um, and I'm really blessed that I've got a bunch of friends that came out here on that. And now I have 28 children <laughs> <laughs> that I have to take presents for every time I go, oh. which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, so so I've, I've been really blessed by Watoto Um, as much as I've been able to bless them, they've really blessed me as well. So, um, but each time I went like the, I really enjoyed looking after the babies It was great. Mm -hmm. And, um, I loved, you know, building the house and just being there. It's really good. But I felt like God said to me, Kim, I think there's something more specific you can do with your skills. Um, and so he laid it on my heart to do financial literacy training. Um, so yeah, that's what I've done this last trip. Yeah. That's so
1: awesome. So you've obviously got a background in banking. So bringing that in now to Watoto and helping them in Uganda with that, what does it look like for you to incorporate your gifts in banking and all of that background, along as you're a people person as well? And how does yeah. that all link in to be such a blessing over there to, to them?
2: Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, the, the reason I'm actually passionate about financial literacy is not because I work in banking. Oh, cool. um, it's actually because my mom is an amazing role model. And oh, wow. she really has taught us from a really young age to manage our money well. Um, but I really recognise there's actually lots of people who haven't been as fortunate as myself and haven't had those role models. And um, it's really, it can be some really simple practices and stuff that can really help um, mm. people get control of their finances. And I truly believe when you're in control of your finances, you can be more in control of your life.
3: Yeah.
2: And... Um, and you're not spending so much time worrying about it. And I know like particularly in Uganda, like finances are really tight. Like people don't earn big mm-hmm. salaries. Um, and so I really wanted to be able to help with that because I, I knew by introducing some concepts, it can really help improve, um, being over yeah, there. And, yeah. and, um, I also obviously wanted to do this as a demonstration of God's love for them because you know like by me going over there showing them that like God cares about you enough to send me so um, I really hope that's how everybody felt when I gave Mm -hmm. my time and and Mm -hmm. all of that so yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome and even if you want to speak to some like specific um, experiences how was the yeah sure they received and um yeah some stories I guess around that
2: specific. yeah well let me just go a little bit more into the background if that's cool yeah, sure. so um when God laid it on my heart about doing financial literacy training I was like okay what is that going to look like so um I had to I was trying to think about what would be a good program to run mm-hmm. um I do have a little bit of background in training. I do do training at work, but not about financial literacy, but so I was confident around facilitating training sessions, but I wanted to sort of get the right program. Mm. And um, it just so happened that one of my colleagues, I was just talking to them um, and that colleague is based in Singapore about how, you know, how cool is volunteering. You get a lot out of it when you volunteer. In fact, I think God's really clever. He made volunteering you get as much out of it as you put in. Um, he's very clever, that one. I think we should trust him. Um, and he, he said to me, oh yeah, I used, I used to volunteer delivering financial literacy training through our work um, because we have some programs that we run um, in countries where we have a presence. And I went, ah, oh, maybe I could use that program. Um, so I had to actually seek special permission Because um, the company I work for doesn't have any offices over in Uganda. (laughs) Um, And so there's nothing in it for that company Mm. to deliver the program. Um, Whereas in some of the other countries, it's kind of a bit of a regulatory requirement that you need to be a good corporate citizen and whatever. And um, it was like, God was really gracious and he basically allowed them to say yes. And it had to be God because there's no reason for them to say yes. Um, And, and that was really important to me because um, I look—I would consider myself a fairly capable person. I get things done, mm. and I really wanted to make sure that if I'm going to do this mission, that it's going to be God-led and not Kim-led. Yeah. And one of the ways to sort of test that, without using a better phrase, is that like basically put the impossible down. And they said yes. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, So that was really cool. Um, So then I took myself to Fiji to learn the content to be able to do the facilitation. And that was also great. Um, It even, there was even some things in the content that were specific, were the same specific problems that I was concerned about how I was going to address those from my time that I, from my understanding of Uganda. Um, So that was really great. Um, Yeah. So in 2020, I was packed and ready to go. And then... Here we go. 2020. Yeah. 2020 was the year for it. Uh (laughs) And, yeah, literally I was due to fly out on the Friday and we closed our borders on the Wednesday.
1: Wow.
2: So it actually took me six months to unpack my bag (laughs) because I was, like, so sad. Yeah, because I
0: feel like when you go... You put out the impossible yeah like god was saying yes absolutely and then this so did you feel discouraged oh or- so discouraged and like god what are you doing uh-huh like, how does this work? and
2: questioning gosh did i just totally mess that up yeah. like how did i get that wrong yeah.
0: but
1: also like that was two days before if yeah. you'd gotten on that plane
2: yeah in hindsight it's great i didn't go because <sighs> i would have been there for like eight nine months wow
3: yeah
2: um but yeah it was really hard mm-hmm. and um i actually had a moment I was in church. must have been not long after we reopened church. And it was during the worship time and I was frustrated with God because I wanted to get back to Uganda and do my thing. (laughs) Um, And God just said to me, it's okay, my daughter, you can wait. It's okay to wait. And he was so right um, because doing the training now has been – the best blessing and even the pastor the lead pastor of Watoto Church who they did the first session with me he I he got up and said this is the right time because we are coming out of it everyone's sort of in their new economic their new circumstance group. and now they're in a space where we can look at managing finances because realistically the last few years have just been emergency stuff like yeah. just trying to keep it together so how cool is that like mm. I it didn't feel cool at the time, yeah, no, like, the time like, <laughs> and what? And you did say in God's timing, not in Kim's timing. Yeah,
0: that's right. Facts. Facts. God's like, I will come through with that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: There must have, that's like so many challenges to being God-led, as you said. Yeah. It's that waiting. Uh Were there any other challenges that you had to be God-led rather than Kim-led in that season?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think think around the timing was, was probably the biggest one and then not understanding, okay, so when, like, I think when we when the pandemic first hit, I kind of thought, oh, two, three months, four, yeah, three, legit. Yeah. and like, yeah, it was like three years later. Yeah. Um. So that was probably the biggest challenge, but one of the benefits was I had more time to save because it was pretty expensive to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. With the like the higher prices in everything, yeah. um. But again, like, yeah, it was that's it was fine in the end um but yeah it was a big there was quite a few sacrifices made obviously like I had to use my own annual leave I had to use my own funds um and obviously there was a lot of time in preparation um but I guess that is one thing that God has taught me through this is actually um I'm a single woman and um, I can really see how that has actually been a real benefit mm-hmm. uh, because if I wasn't single, potentially being able to pick up and go away for four weeks is not always feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also the fact that when I'm there, I can be flexible about what I'm doing and, um, and also the other ways that I've been able to serve as well. So yeah. it's actually been, it's good to be single sometimes, you know, um, and I feel like content... Mm. that, um, you know, that I was given that opportunity to do that and I'm hoping and praying for more opportunities going mm. forward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and that opportunity. So um, then, yeah, maybe to go back to that question of once you had that opportunity to go, there was that waiting season, which yep. is, is hard in itself yep. once you're there what was it like because you was i guess you're anticipating it too for so long yeah like you're going, okay i'm doing this thing and it's like been three years that's so. right so going there i'm sure you did, did was there an expectation of like i was oh, what are you gonna do what were you like
2: i was apprehensive uh-huh. um just like the and uh, the main things that i was worried about is like okay is the material going to hit the mark like nice is it going to so. be culturally sensitive mm. is it going to be meaningful mm. um I was pretty confident in the fact that once I was there, like safety and all of that, Um, but it was more around, are people even going to show up to my class? Like that was the other thing too. Um, And so those were the things that I was most concerned about. And also obviously just being physically safe and, sorry, healthy too was really important because I didn't want to miss any sessions. And I can tell you girls like, I didn't even have as much as a headache on a day I was training. Come like, on. And I trained, I did nine sessions.
0: Wow. wow. And
2: in three and a half weeks, I trained 565 people.
0: That's a lot. Yes,
2: it is. <laughs> it's a lot more than I was expecting. That yeah. is incredible.
0: What were you expecting in terms of numbers?
2: Um, I was thinking about 320 because most I sort of had wow. given an indication that I didn't want class sizes to be really any bigger than 40. Yeah, that's um, my biggest awesome. class was 120. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> As a teacher myself, the thought of teaching, like having a kid to 100 people. That's
2: wild. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that they weren't so great with the boundaries of how many people in the class. But you Come know what? In. We made it work. Yeah, um,
3: yeah.
2: And actually, yeah, that leads me to another pretty cool story. So, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to make everything worthwhile, obviously. And so, I don't know if any of you have, either of you have done training. And you sat in there and it's been great. And you walk out and pretty much left the training in the room, right? Mm. Uh, it happens. <laughs> no comment. It happens, right? So yeah. I basically wanted to leave the participants with something physical that when they looked at it, they would remember, Ah, oh, yeah, the money-minded stuff, whatever. And so I um, actually arranged to get little booklets printed with money-minded on it, just a notebook. Um, and I got... 380 printed and that's well, how many i paid for um and we actually had a real loaves and fishes situation because i paid for three hundred and eighty, i got 380 mm. admittedly for the class of 120 we didn't give them out because i was just um school students sure but so that leaves 450 people basically and i still had 20 left over at the end so that's, like, what? 70 that I can't account
1: for. Oh, my.
2: Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And, like, we're getting towards the end of the train. I'm going, so, Fred, how many books do we have? And he's like, I think we'll have enough. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Like, and literally had 20 left over at the
1: end. It was <gasps> hey. incredible. If that kind of test that God led is better over people. Led amen.
2: Than amen. Hey. Amen. Wow. Amen. And, like, also just I I was really overwhelmed by how – well received the content was Mm. like as I said I was apprehensive and nervous about that and and I obviously just want to put on record thank you to all the prayer partners that have supported me through this trip because God well and truly heard your prayers Mm. um because the feedback was incredible like I had um people come up to me and say you were sent here for me Um, I've been praying about this for a long time and I didn't know how to manage my finances, but you've really helped me. Um, like this is the best financial training I've ever had. I thought it was going to be really boring and this is so (laughs) practical and I'm going to teach everyone I know. Um, but my favorite was, um, and I'll probably get a little emotion here. Um, my favorite is on one of my feedback forms, the person wrote last month, I struggled, um, paying my child's school fees and after doing your training i'm so grateful because i know that will never happen again Wow! like how cool that's so cool it's like such a blessing to be able to serve that way yeah yeah and like i it was kind of funny but like people were giving me standing ovations asking for my autograph and like you know and but it wasn't all smooth sailing let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) like I had some groups which, like, resonated straight away, but then I also had some groups that I really had to work for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a particular group, the Mothers in Gulu in the north. They're quite a reserved group of people, and I could just tell they didn't trust me, which is totally fine because why should they? Who am I to them? I actually liked that they were discerning, to be honest. (laughs) But I was like, oh, we're just – we're not vibing. so. I, again, I was just sort of, I sent them off to do one of their activities and I was like, what can I do here? And God put it in my mind, girl, you just need to humiliate yourself. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when they came back, I'm like, all right, mums, tell me who's the best dancer in the group. And they're like, mama Joyce is, I'm like, okay, mama Joyce, come up here. You're going to teach this Mazungu, that's white person how to dance. And they're like, She's like, Are you sure? I'm like, Yep, I'm gonna be terrible, but let's do it. And so I'm up the t- oh,
1: trying to dance on. the traditional dance.
2: Is there a video of this? Uh there may be, but you will never see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could we persuade you?
2: No. <laughs> Actually, I don't have it. One of my friends took the video. But like, and like, you know, they all were up and clapping and singing, yeah. and by then from then we were besties. So wow. but again, that was like God led me to do that, yeah, um, yeah. and you know there were other times where I, the class was—I don't know—maybe there was a lack of understanding. I just like God would just help me pivot in a way, and I can—I'm really proud that there was not one group that we didn't win over in the end. Yeah. And I taught people—I taught from teenagers up to sixty-year-old people, so it was a big cross section, mm. and with de- varying income levels as well. That yeah, had yeah, so yeah. it was just really cool and. Um, I just feel so blessed and so grateful to be able to have done it and now we're in okay what's next phase so yeah hoping to be no need to be god-led again but yeah waiting to hear what that looks like. Yeah,
1: like Yeah okay so as you said you're not really sure what the future looks like in terms of going back. But what does it look I like? I know I'm going. Yeah. I just don't know in just what capacity. When, yeah, see, sure. Yeah. So yeah. now that you're back in Australia, mm. what is this season of life looking like in the waiting for the timing for God to. Just
2: pure sorrow every day that I'm in Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> Crying. Yeah, on. I'll just be wearing black and whatnot. um
1: <laughs> Because obviously the financial status of Australia is very different to Uganda. Yeah. So are you going back? Are you back at the bank?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm back at work. Yeah. Yep. okay, yep. Uh, look, it, actually, I've had less culture shock this time coming home than I have other times. I think probably because I'm more prepared around what I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as what, look, at the end of the day, what God has taught me by the last by this last trip being yeah. so successful is that there's actually no point in it being Kim led because God, if it's God led, it'll work. Yeah. Come on. So, um. There's a few things that are in the works. I've been potentially asked to help write a financial literacy um, program that will be in schools there. Um, So if that comes off, then that would probably mean going over for a bit more of an extended period of time to get that off the ground. But then there's still a lot more demand for me to train more people in the money-minded. I really would love to target the uni students and also the the Watoto children that are in the technical college so they're the ones that do like mechanics and mm. engineering and that kind of mm. thing um and i'd also love in the future to sort of look at you know expanding a little bit too from personal finances to business finance as well because there's yeah. a, everyone's got little side businesses yeah. that they do but yeah. mm. but again i'll just wait on god and see i've i've also got to be careful not to make too many decisions while i'm Emotional, <laughs> yes. Because I really like being there. Is it's a different feeling for me. Mm. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm living God's purpose when I'm there, mm. and I feel different. And I'm not gonna lie. The night before I left, I was like literally sobbing in my room about the purpose of God, the prospect oh. of going home. Wow. Um, and part of that is because I'll miss my friends. Because I'm really lucky. I've made some amazing friends, but also. I think mourning the fact that every day while I'm in Uganda, I'm my only focus is to live God's purpose. Yeah. And that is the best thing ever. Yeah. And then coming home, like I still try to live God's purpose, but it's not as intentional. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so I think I was mourning a bit of that as well with mm. my tears and sobbing. <laughs> mm. so
0: fair. And maybe if there's anything, and I, I'm not sure maybe if you're still, you know, it's all so sort of fresh and, and, I still processing maybe what happened but is there something that maybe can be that takeaway and maybe it is that that god's god's way and god's plan yeah is so, so much better is there anything else you think you could share as like a practical or as a takeaway absolutely like
2: one thing that i'm always reminded of when i go on mission and because the people in uganda and i'm sure many other countries they do it much better than we do is to actually rely on god for everything Yeah. Mm. Come on. yeah. um and Like in Uganda, that's what we do. Like if we're late, we pray that we make it on time.
3: Yeah.
2: If you've got a headache, you pray that the headache goes away. Here we do it all under our own strength. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we lift up to him the big stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But But God actually wants to be in all the stuff. And what we're actually doing is robbing him of that ability to give him the glory for the way that he protects us in every day. And that's something that I always bring home from there. And I get reminded and then I go back about life and I start controlling my own things again. I go, oh, that's right. That's a much better way to be. Um, I don't know if we have time, but I have got another pretty cool little story, if, if, if it's okay to share. Yeah, always. So I was um, asked to uh, share at the, um, their weekly devotion for Watoto. Now, Watoto is quite a big organization. They have about 3000 staff. And every Tuesday morning they do uh, a a weekly devotion, which has got a little bit of worship and then a message. And um, that's actually live streamed all throughout Uganda and up into South Sudan to across all their offices, right? And so they'd asked me to share at um, the devotion, which I agreed to without really fully understanding. Oh, that means I have to write a sermon. So I had to write a sermon. So that was interesting. But anyway, um, so anyway, in Kampala... Um, which is where Watoto's main offices are, it's, it's a very busy city and there's often traffic jams which can really delay how long it takes to get somewhere. Anyway, the devotion started at 8.30 and um, I'd arranged for um, my driver and my host Fred to pick me up at 20 past 7. That means we'd get downtown by about 8. That gives us enough time to sort of check out what I need to do the presentation yeah, and whatever. Anyway, 20 past seven, my phone goes and it's Freddie going, oh, we're caught in a jam, but we're on our way. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And they drove in the driveway at 808. I'm like, Freddie, are we going to make it? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, so what do we do? And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) Because, I mean, if I'm late for my training, it's fine. We just say, hey, everyone, just hold up. But this is live streamed. Yeah, it's like there's a deadline. Yeah. Mm. So... Um, then we, so then we we literally got in the car and drove in a less than Australian way. (laughs) Maybe potentially on the wrong sides of the road. Is there a video of this one as well? Uh, No, I, no, no, I was just like focused on how we're going to get there. Anyway, just before you get into the CBD, uh, there's this big roundabout, which is always jammed. Like pretty much it's only not jammed at like 10 o'clock at night. Right. And we get there and we're dead stopped. It's 8.28. I'm like, we're not going to get there. I don't know what to do. And, like, I'm talking to Freddie on the phone. Like, he's talking to people in downtown. I'm like, can they sing another worship song? He's like, no. We have to stick to time. And I'm like, I I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know either. So I just sat in the back and I fervently prayed. I'm like, dear Lord Jesus, if you want me to get there today, you need to, you literally need to part the traffic because otherwise I'm not going to get there and I'm just praying in the back while Fred and Richard are trying to talk to whoever, but like, make sure she's got a mic stand, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, et cetera. So anyway, two minutes after I said that prayer, a convoy comes past. So like a, like a government convoy. And so Richard just slips in behind the convoy and then we just zoom up behind the convoy. And then as we went through the roundabout, that got us through the roundabout and then literally, there was no traffic, which is unheard of because it's 8.30 in the morning. And we drove through town. This is as close as I'll ever get to an action movie, girls. Um <laughs> We drove very fast. Mum doesn't, watch out. yeah, no, Mum didn't really want to hear too much of sto- the details of this story, but we were driving very fast. Sorry, Pastor Pete, he won't like this story either. Um, but like, God was protecting us. And yeah, we drove like very fast. I was looking only forward, not sideways, because there were literally cars maybe swerving um, to get away. But anyway, God wanted to be there. So I have to trust in God, right? Um, anyway, we pull into the car park, like, and I, like, literally run inside. Freddie's with me, and he's, like, I think you need to take a deep breath before you go in the auditorium. I'm, like, <laughs> 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 like just, like, I'm shaking. Like, there's so much adrenaline. And he's, like, maybe another one. I'm, like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And, I like, Nancy had my folder, which had my, my sermon in it. She, like, literally just held it, and I just grabbed it and kept walking down the front. They're in the last verse of the last worship song. Oh, wow. And I you know I had a like a very shaky drink of water, and then uh, Pastor Joseph introduced me up and and I got up there and, like, before that, I'm, like, my heart is pumping and my, my hands are shaking, not because I was scared, just adrenaline, yeah, right, because totally. it was crazy. And, um, yeah, I literally got up on stage and just was like, hello, everyone, my name's Kim Chapman. Yeah, and like, like, I was just, like, fine. Like, legit, it was so wild. Um, but also what a blessing, hey? Like, yeah, come on. Like, it, it was a literal miracle because we were not going to make it. And, um, yeah, and the message was really well received um, I've never delivered a sermon in my life, um, but clearly it was okay because one of the pastors asked me for a copy, and I think that's the oh, best validation I could wow, get. Man, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, you don't yeah. have
1: time to be nervous either when you're like adrenaline full speed ahead. Oh, yeah, crashing. I wasn't thinking about the delivery f- of the sermon. I was yeah. just figuring out how to get there. Yeah. But yeah. Good way
2: to calm the nerves. Yeah, there probably are less dramatic ways, I would yeah. say. But <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Like, yeah. unreal how God works, hey, in mysterious ways, but in fast-paced ways. Um, yeah and yeah it's so awesome well any other stories you've got to share I probably
2: just want to share one other story because I think everyone could probably learn from this one um at the guest house I stay at like I stay at the same guest house every time I go and so I've become quite close with a lot of the people that work there and um I'll be honest, the guest house staff don't earn the biggest salaries, um, but they're just so loving and it was beautiful. Every time I come home, they're like, welcome back, Kim. And they can you hang out and chat to us? I'm like, yes, no problem. Anyway, one night I was talking to, I was just, they've got a beautiful balcony at the guest house that I, and I love to sit there because it's a bit of a garden. It's nice and calm and stuff. And I was sitting out there one night and Moses, who is one of the security guards there, um, he's a lovely guy. And um, he's actually really impressive. He remembered my name and he literally see thousands of people. But he's like, hi, Kim. I'm like, Moses, how do you remember my name? He's like, it's nice to see you. Um, Anyway, we were just one night. It was like, you know, like in the evening. And I called him over just to say hi. And I was just asking him about his life and how's things at home. I knew he'd had a baby recently and just just general chatting. At the end of that conversation, he just said to me, he said, Kim, thank you so much for talking to me. And I'm like, oh, you're welcome. And he goes, because, like, I'm not really considered very important, so not that many people talk to me. Mm. And I was like, well, can I just tell you, yeah, you are as important as I am. You're as valued as I am. Mm. And that's God's opinion of of you and also my opinion of you. And he said, well, I just really appreciate that. And the reason I wanted to share that story, because there are so many people in our world here in Australia but also abroad that don't feel seen Mm. and if we as Christians can just see them even if it's just for five minutes of our time it can be really impactful and that's you don't need any skills to do that Mm. yeah you you just need to be like listening look in their eyes and yeah yeah. so I just wanted to share that because it was a really simple thing but it's really meaningful to me too yeah and you know like to be able to bless somebody in such a simple way um is really cool and yeah. Mm. Wow.
0: Wow. that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like there were so many awesome things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and even at the end, just that heart of like, you know, you went to Uganda, but like, and that's amazing. And if God calls you to that, say yes because it's, if it's God's Absolutely. plan, but also like showing love to someone by listening and showing up is so important. And we can do that wherever we are. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. This. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, so good. <laughs>